Welcome to Community Echoes on 93.1 CFIS-FM, Prince George's community radio station. With Good day, everyone. Hi, this is Echo Wiley here, filling in for Phyllis here on Community Echoes. Thank you so much for joining me today. We've got an amazing guest on who is a getting-to-be-pretty-renowned artist, uh, James Darren. Good day, James. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm doing okay, you know. Still get a little bit of the butterflies doing this kind of thing, but, you know, I guess you just got to dive in with both feet, eh? Yeah, may as well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's the one, that's the one. So I just kind of wanted to uh, familiarize everyone with you here again. Um, you were a, a, an artist that moved to Prince George a couple of years ago. You'd been gone down to the island for a little while, but you were here with us uh, showing at Studio 2880 and such. You want to give us a bit of background on that? Yeah. Oh, I'm originally from Ontario, and uh, uh, my wife won a scholarship to uh, UNBC. So uh, uh, I moved out here. I was an Indigenous language teacher back in Ontario, and so I got involved with the school board. Um, I, I started doing artwork uh, in 2015, November 2015, and uh, um, when I moved here, I brought a lot of the uh, materials and supplies with me, and then just basically became inspired by you know events and, and places and people from BC, and uh, um, I spent. Uh, Let's see, three years in Prince George till 2021. Uh, from from 2018 till 2021, uh, got got a lot of uh, uh, met a lot of good people in the arts community there, and then uh, been living on uh, Vancouver Island in Cowichan Bay since uh, since spring 2021. How beautiful and fortunate for you! Hey, what a lovely place! Oh, yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. You you've got a certain style of your art that I find just absolutely fascinating because I'm a, a huge lover of wood and wood grain, and you just seem to make wood talk when you you do you, you and you have a certain name of of what you you call your style of art as well. Do you not? Well, yeah. It's it's uh, it's it's unique, I guess, in that in that um, I use the the wood grains to. Um, but it's, it's almost like coloring by numbers. I, I just follow along the lines, and that's actually the in 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 some of the old uh, some of the older people like us may may know of what a record is, right? Uh, an old, an old <laughs> vinyl grooves, yeah, black vinyl, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and there's there's grooves in that in that vinyl that that sing the song or whatever, the, tell the story that's contained in the groove. So that's kind of like the wood. What the wood does for me, the, the information is contained in the grains of the wood, and I just interpret. Right, the, the pen, the pen of the needle, and uh, you know, I, I just interpret the information that's there. I tell the stories that are transmitted there. So, um, yeah, it's uh, uh, there's no. It's it's an indigenous eastern woodland style. So, uh, in comparison, for example, to uh, like the the west coast geometric patterns and and uh, um, the 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 mono colors like the, the there's only three or four typically main colors that are that are used in west west coast style artwork or BC uh, indigenous artwork compared with uh, Ontario that has a lot of floral patterns organic organic uh, patterns lines um, uh, you know flowing lines uh, it's, it's very very bright very colorful uh, artwork so that's that's what's the I, I guess the outstanding feature of this. Um, genre called Eastern Woodland style art. 
Absolutely. It's it's fabulous. I'd never have seen it before. I was raised in Victoria, so uh, I get what you're saying about the, you know, the laid back, uh, just a couple of colors that they would use within our Indigenous communities. Do you feel it's because of the colorful trees and the maples? I, I don't know. I'm just trying to, to think of what the difference is between the, the genres, and I guess that could be debated forever but what you bring out in the wood is absolutely fabulous and and a lot of it's quite controversial as well yeah some of it some of it can be um uh one of one of the one of the biggest pieces i i created like a lot of my artwork um uh is is on on ash well it's, it's all on ash and i brought it with me from Ontario to BC. Oh, and, and I was going to ask about artwork, that. Yeah, yeah. Most of the artwork that I do now, uh, or all of the artwork that I that I have done to this point, is inspired by by things that are going on in BC. So, um, uh, uh, and it could be contemporary events as well. Like like um, I I have a piece called uh, Starry Night in Fort St. James, for example, uh, uh, and and it was inspired by. A Santa Claus parade uh, pre-COVID <laughs> back in 2019 up in Fort St. James, uh, and uh, uh, I'm talking to the the View Hotel uh, to see if I can confirm what I saw. But anyway, that's one piece of artwork that was <laughs> inspired inspired by by Northern BC from wood that I brought with me from Ontario. So it's uh, um, um, another piece I've got. Uh, her name is the Descent of Anishinaabe on on the front side is uh, a depiction of the the first human being lowered from the divine light and then on the, on the back side it's the, the the same woman but but I think she kind of tends to represent um, the, the the highway of tears because that that seems to be that energy and that you know um, uh, as a teacher back in Ontario and uh, especially uh, an indigenous teacher I was always um, concerned about my students my especially the female students because of you know how things were were, were going on. Um, Absolutely. So, so uh, um, one of the things is we would have the I would I would have these classes and and one of the things one of the one of the featured lessons would be about the Prince George Friendship Center. A few years back, they put out a video about the Highway of Tears, and I think that's the energy that kind of that's the kind of energy that goes into this uh, uh, artwork that I have um, because on the backside uh, it's it's a, it's a woman who. Who's emaciated? Uh, um, uh, yeah, the image is completely different from from the front side. So, um, truly, it's almost like a dissension of of the spirit of the community, and in, in a sense, I guess, in a way, you could say that, eh? Yes, um, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, and then, one other piece is is uh, other pieces are quite simple. I I, I have a I have a, a sarcastic sense of humor I guess. Uh, <laughs> I guess I shouldn't might... have yeah I shouldn't have called your things contra- controversial as much as I should have said honest to the point and in your face. It's not really a controversy. This is um, statements of true fact through your art yeah, and that, the that, beauty as well that, as the the bad. Yeah, that, that's all it is. That's uh, it, it is a. Uh, I'm not I'm not saying anything false or making any false claims the artwork is just a funny funny or uh i don't know a a, a kind of uh what what do they call it righteous indignation uh that that sort of way of expressing you know that these 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 happen this is this stuff happened so uh the first one was uh um 
a spoof on Indiana Jones and and the Temple of Doom, that old movie. And I and I had created this artwork called uh, Indian Bones and the Residential School of Doom, and it was based. It was supposed to be like a. It was, the idea was that this is a an ad a poster. You know, you you sometimes see movie posters, and and the mm-hmm. movie poster is advertising for this um, this uh, matinee performance of this show in Kamloops. And uh, so there's all sorts of different levels of different things that you could read into it. And, uh, Absolutely, yeah. I, I, I feel that the like reconciliation is so much in the forefront these days. But I think a lot of um, Caucasian folks, I guess, don't understand, uh, you know, the idea of reconciliation. They've never had to face the things that are being reconciled. So by putting out the artwork that we have been or that that uh, has been put out by yourself and people like Jennifer Pagan and and a lot of other Indigenous artists is really starting to bring the reality of it, not just the warm and fuzzy anymore, uh, which mm-hmm. is is amazing. And I fully feel that that's exactly what's needed to bring out the actual realities within the minds of people who kind of aren't just getting into the whole concept of reconciliation mm-hmm. does yeah, that, does that, 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 uh, that ring true it's it's uh i i i always i always think of the the relationship between canada and and the indigenous people as as like a like a, just a, just to put it on familiar terms it's like an abusive relationship and and uh, Canada, and, and I use that I use that loosely. loosely. I, I don't I don't I don't want to offend anybody. But uh, in general terms, Canada Canada is the abuser in this case. And and there are a number of things that have gone on historically that that most people don't know about. But and 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 when you when you learn the facts, when you learn you know the the immutable historical truth. <laughs> of, of Canadian history, mm-hmm. then you, you know the things that need to be reconciled, or, or what has to be reconciled, or what must be reconciled, right? And and in order to, to reconcile, you you got to learn the truth, and, and that that will help you. That, that'll help us through. So uh, one of one of the uh, artworks I guess I, I have was a, a game I created years ago mm-hmm. when I was speaking back in Ontario called the Truth and Truth and Reconciliation Game. Absolutely, and you partially were developing that here in Prince George, were you not as well? I remember yeah. um, interviewing, and and you were working on it at the time, and and I'm excited to hear how that's going. Yeah the the uh, the the game the game I created when I was uh, living still living in Ontario, and uh, um, one of one of the reasons why I I was I was I. I I guess motivated me to move to BC was that in 2018 this uh, major publishing company was had picked up the uh, the game and they were going to publish it. Uh, <laughs> what what they did was they they went to their they went to their market they did a little market study I guess and and uh, um, uh, a certain uh, religious demographic uh, that they they sell their resources to wouldn't buy the game because of the in in the game. Um, the, the, there are the church and the crown as, as players, and in the game, the church and the crown earn shame cards. And mm-hmm. so, the, this this particular demographic of of, uh, of the uh, you know education resource buying uh, population said, 
if you take the shame cards out, uh, we'll we'll buy the game. And uh, I didn't take the shame cards out. And so since 2018, I've had this game completely intact. It, uh, it, it hasn't changed any since 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 then. Oh, okay. Uh, the the only difference the only difference is that uh, um, uh, I now have a publisher who who who's okay with uh, you know having shame cards in the game. Absolutely. <laughs> and uh, hey? and, and the, the the even better is that this publisher, the uh, Medicine Wheel Publishing. I want to I want to give a big shout out to those guys, Medicine Wheel Publishing down here in Victoria. Absolutely. They're an indigenous owned owned. Uh, educational resource publisher, and and they're, 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 they picked up the game, and uh, we signed the contract uh, the, this morning, just today. Oh, so, outstanding! Congratulations! Well, it's, 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 uh, yeah, yeah, it's 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 crazy. It's uh, I'm still sitting here, kind of like in disbelief. It's actually coming true. Oh right? well, I'm uh, I'm just yeah, so excited yeah. so for you! Wow. So, so, yeah, this this game will be uh, um, uh, available to order from their website. Uh, I, I think by the end of the month. By September 30th, and then, yeah. So I'm uh, anyway. Uh, what a great uh, learning tool, James. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah it, it is. It, it, it will be. It's going to be. It's going to be awesome. The, the game. The game is uh, uh, um, uh, just an amazing piece of work. I think. Yeah. No doubt. No doubt. So uh, once again, what was the name of the publishing company that's putting out you? You. We need to order the game through them. When? Or I guess we need to find out when it will be available. I mean, if you just signed the deal, there's still a whole development process and production of it and things like that, eh? Yes. By 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 the time by the time everything is um, ready, the, well, the tentative plan is that we start taking orders on the 30th of September. Or thereabouts, and uh, they will be uh, printed in March next year, and then delivered around August, around this time next year, roughly around this time next year. So about a year to turn around, and then you'll get your copy of the game. And the game, we're guesstimating about eighty bucks a copy somewhere around there. Oh well, that's interesting and and reasonably yeah. reasonable. I mean, it must. I'm sure it's quite beautiful in its artistic qualities as well as uh, its educational value hey it's yeah there's there there's so many different different ways to look at it from from just an artistic point of view for example the all, all of the artwork is original um uh, you know uh, my artwork digitized uh, i i had a great a uh, great amazing graphic designer who who made makes my stuff look look magical um and and so i'm grateful for for her uh, for her work, Gabby. Um, uh, the, the research, the research. Uh, you know, all all of my career as a teacher. Uh, you know, the, the 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 seven the seven or sorry, ten years that I was teaching. All of that goes into the game. Excellent. You know, like, uh, and uh, you also, if I remember correctly, served as a member of the RCMP as well. I was a police officer. Yeah, oh, sorry, in, in a Ontario, police officer. We don't, we don't, we don't have RCMP, don't, right? Yeah, yeah. The, with the, in Ontario, the RCMP are, are pretty lofty. So okay, so it's like a, <laughs> we, we're we're just mere city cops or yeah, OPP. Yeah, they call them. Is that the correct? Time, <laughs> yeah, at, at the time, yeah, I was a police officer in the, the city of Sudbury for a number of years, and then I went back home to my my hometown and. Uh, Wikwemakong on Manitoulin Island. I was a police officer there. Wonderful. I'm sure that that um, 
played into how you um, looked at and developed the game as well from the lawful okay. side gave you amazing insight. Yeah, all of that, all of that certainly has contributed to the, uh, the the game. Yeah, definitely all the all the research, all the facts, all the all the information. It also contributed to the artwork too. Absolutely, the, the things. Yeah, the things that you hear, the you know stories you hear. Uh, and uh, you know, as 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 a, as a part of that career, um, yeah, they're heartbreaking, and and sometimes it's better left in a, in an artwork than having to carry it around, right? Like that Dorian Gray uh, character. Truly. Yeah. Truly. Yeah, I was going to ask you how you evolved, and I suppose parts of your, between educational and your law enforcement, would um, have have brought that around to becoming an artist. That's that's, was one of the questions that I wanted to ask you, so that's that's very cool. Um, So also on your Facebook, because I follow you on Facebook, Mr. James Darren, I uh, noticed you had a show at Whistler. Could you talk about that a little bit at the art gallery there in Whistler? What was that? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Okay, well, uh, I'm going to back up just a bit. So back in uh, 2021, after the revelations of of what happened in Kamloops, the church in Kamloops, um, I I produced, uh, within, within about six days, I produced like these six pieces of artwork. Um, and, and again, these were stories that I had heard as a police officer, uh, about some of the things that, that people went through in, in these residential schools. And so I turned them into artwork. And this artwork was the basis of this exhibit up in Whistler, uh, the month of August. The, the exhibit was called Reconcile This. And, uh, um, it was, uh, um, a, a, a series of tongue in cheek, Sort of uh, sarcastic um, uh, artworks uh, aimed at, at unveiling the, the truth about what happened in those resi- in those schools, so-called schools. So um, one of them is called uh, Vanna Black and the Wheel of Misfortune. Um, uh, who's the other one here? We've got. Uh, you had one to do with the Queen as well, I believe. Yeah, that one was Pity. It was called Pity, and it was named after that old uh, the tea commercial. And in the in in the in the tea commercial, these English people are sitting around, sitting sipping on tea, and uh, and they they claim it's a pity because it's only in Canada. Oh my and so goodness! That, that's that's what the that's what the uh, this was a, a res water piece of artwork, and that's called Oopsicle. Oh, and in the yeah. artwork, the queen the queen is is gobbling down this phallic shaped popsicle and. Uh, um, as she, as her pearl necklace uh, uh, runs down her the front of her dress, she turns around and says, "We can only get poopsicles in Canada and only from res water, right?" Oh my gosh! Yes, yeah, and, and I mean, in your face, yeah. I say in your face because we need yeah, to realize exactly, yeah. this. Hey, Darren, we got to take a break for a couple of minutes here. Uh, can I get you back for ten more minutes after this? Yeah, sure. Yeah, outstanding. Good. Okay, we will be right back with uh, James Darren. Do you like a good bluegrass song? Enjoying hearing music from the likes of Bill Monroe, Rhonda Vincent, and the Lakeside Ramblers? Then tune in to Back Porch Pickens Sunday evenings at 5 on 93.1 CFIS-FM for an hour of great bluegrass old and new. I'm Corey Walker, and I'm thrilled to take you on a musical journey each week as we explore the world of North American bluegrass. Catch Back Porch Pickens Sunday nights at 5 only here on 93.1 CFIS-FM. Advocate's annual Celebrate Life Gala is set for Thursday, October 5th. 
The gala brings hundreds of supporters, partners, and friends together for Advocate's mission to promote and celebrate life. This year's guest speaker will be author and frequent co-host on Keeping the Faith's podcast, Contagious Influencers of America, Victoria Robinson. Sponsor a table or reserve a spot in general seating through their website, CelebrateLifeGala.ca. Advocate Life and Education Services annual Celebrate Life Gala, Thursday, October 5th at the Prince George Civic Centre. Forecast from Environment Canada for today. Cloudy with a 70% chance of showers. Becoming a mix of sun and cloud this afternoon. Local smoke, a high of 20. Tonight, a few clouds, a low of 8. On Tuesday, increasing cloudiness. A 30% chance of showers late in the afternoon with a high of 18. Hosted by Phyllis Warren, this is Community Echoes on 93.1 CFIS-FM. Hello, hello. It's not Phyllis, it's Echo here, but... uh we're giving her all the same, getting out the information to you. I'm so lucky today to have a gentleman. James Darren is his name, and he is an amazing Indigenous artist uh, who traveled through Prince George, lived here, and uh, he's developed a game. Uh, state the name of the game again, Darren, and uh, let's talk about that a little bit more. Well, the, the, Truth the game... And, yeah. Yeah, the, the game is called the Truth and Truth and Reconciliation Board Game. And uh, it was something I created back in 2017 when I was teaching back in Ontario. My, well, the, the, the teachers union, I was a member of the teachers union back in 2016. They put a call out for uh, Indigenous teachers to come in and uh, do, do, uh, do some writing. They wanted to create a toolkit. To teach about truth and truth and reconciliation. Uh-huh. Um, I, I created a puzzle and then I created a game. Uh, the union chose the puzzle and I was left with the game. And so I just developed the game from there. I used it with my students. The, the, the first, the first year I created, I used it with my students and the students, students loved it. And, uh, they encouraged me to, to continue developing it. Um, I, uh, I got a quote from the graphic designer about the cost of getting all the, all the, my artwork digitized and into the game. And, uh, <laughs> I didn't have the, the, the kind of money that she was, she was wanting. So, um, I was lucky though that, um, uh, a friend of mine invited me to, uh, uh, an art show in Toronto and I sold a whole bunch of original artwork and I used that money to pay for, to have the game digitized. To its, to its current current version, the, the, the way it is now, um, and uh, I went to um, I went to uh, a, a teachers conference with the uh, just with the prototype, so the, the hand hand homemade model that, that I used, I, I created from um, dollar store uh, items, and uh, uh, Nelson Canada, Nelson, Nelson Education, they're a big publisher here on, in Canada. They saw the prototype. They they liked the idea, and then when I came back with my artwork uh, infused into the game, they they lost their minds and uh, uh, were all over it. So we started working together. We worked on some the uh, game refinement and details, and then the, when when they were told um, that um, I guess that there's a certain demographic that won't buy the game because of these shame cards, uh, um, Nelson backed out. Uh, but anyway, the game the game has been ready since like like. June 2018 to go and and I'm grateful that uh, I, I found Medicine Wheel Publishing or they found me. Uh, the the premise of the game. So at the at the beginning of the game, you have uh, ten twelve players altogether. There's uh, ten players and in, representing Indigenous nations or Indigenous.
groups from across Canada, and then there's the church and the crown. And the way the the way the game starts is that the indigenous players have all of the currency, and the currency is in the form of land, language, culture, and identity. Uh-huh. So each indigenous player will start with five five pieces of each, so twenty pieces of currency. The crown and the church. Now their job is to strip the indigenous player of all their currency. Uh, to the point of extinction. So if you run out of currency, you're you're extinct, and you're out of the game. That's right. Well, I'm sure glad in real life that that didn't happen because we all have a huge lesson to be learned from from all of this. I mean, it, it's just atrocious. And as I think, as we as citizens in general start to come to terms with these things, uh, there's just so many things that really need reconciliation within just regular British Columbian lives too. our medical system we're we're being treated like animals in in a lot of ways when it comes to things like that so when we have tools such as yours to help see what's gone on more clearly then we can see ourselves what's going to be going on with us here now it's uh, do you find that our laws are becoming oppressive to the point where they almost to the point of when they took the indigenous rights away it seems our speech everything seems to be being attacked here in general i i i can't speak for the the the, the circumstances locally I I'm, I'm i come from ontario and and from what i've seen since being here the 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 things that have happened out here are are much fresher. The, the wounds are, are are fresher, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, coming from coming from an eastern point of view, uh, coming from Ontario, having been born and raised, uh, we've we've encountered racism there. But it, it, it seems like it's like like it's an open, still an open wound here. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, and uh, I, I and 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 in spite of. You know, there's 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 a. It's it's just one of those things. It's just one of those things that that it's, people seem to acknowledge and understand it exists, but then they don't really. It's just one of those things you don't do anything about. Um, it's when it's something. It's it's not one of those things that you can't change, right? You can change it. You can make a difference. It's, it's Don't just walk away. Don't just look at and put your hand over your mouth and shake your head. Yeah, Yeah, it's like that um, Indians, or I guess I I should say uh, an an East Indian saying, uh, there's no such thing as a voiceless, just the uh, purposely silenced and the preferably unheard, right? So there's a a really huge gap between acknowledgement and understanding or something. It's very difficult. Yeah, there there is some some movement to be had. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I'll, I'll give you one of, one of the things. One of the things. Um, okay, two things. For example, one of them. One of them is uh, beadwork. Uh, they always associate indigenous people with beadwork, and 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 beadwork is almost like the the preeminent domain of indigenous people. No one else can do beadwork, right? That yes. kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and everybody's okay with it because it's safe. It's not going to be work. It's not going to disrupt the economy or take over the world or anything like that. Uh, it's, it's, it's just, it's just funny that, that, um, everybody's okay with the, with the, with the non-threatening things like land acknowledgements. 
right? Land acknowledgements, hey, we're, we're, we're grateful, we're, we're on your land, we're, we're happy to be here. Okay, well, that, uh, again, that, that, that doesn't accomplish much. It's a good, a good intent. I think the spirit is there, but, it, you know, on, on, unless you go further and say, and, and we, we think we should, it should be shared. We think, uh, we think the government should honor those treaties. Hey, this is, we acknowledge that we're on your land and, and we really have to acknowledge that, that, uh, the, the treaties be, um, you know, uh, maintained or honored. Right, so so you got to go one step further, right? Not just recognizing whose land it is, but yeah, and just uh, for for our understanding of what the treaties truly are. I mean, there just seems to be so much um, misinformation, misconception of uh, what's going on with these treaties. Like they aren't really being looked at fairly, and they're being broken consistently. Even the ones they've they've made recently with with all the work that's been done it just seems to be business as usual almost in some contexts but yeah yeah and and and, and it's funny when when canadians when canadians are i, I think a few years ago that that crazy american president uh unilaterally changed the north american free trade agreement this big greedy and all the Canadians were all oh, upset. Oh, why is he doing that? Why is he doing that? What's going on? We couldn't do the damn thing, right? Yeah. But that's that's how Indigenous people feel when, you know, colonial governments come in and they just change things without without telling us or letting us know. And lawless and law. It. It's it's basically <laughs> lawless law or law with no honor. Um, we got to take another quick break, Darren. If you could uh, just hold on a bit more, or you would sure. you like to come back and tell us a bit more about your experiences here with this? So. Will be right. Uh, Indigenous Sport, Physical Activity, and Recreation Council is taking applications for the Rise Organizational Grant. Up to ten thousand dollars is available for communities and not-for-profit organizations delivering programming targeted to increase participation in sport, physical activity, recreation, and cultural activities for Indigenous and non-Indigenous children and youth in care who often face unique barriers to participation. Application and full details are available through iSpark.ca. The Rise organizational grant application deadline is september 22nd prince george-based artist emily watson takes you on an uncanny road trip along highway 16 with up around the bend at two rivers gallery on through october 1st up around the bend explores the transitional space between the urban and the wild considering the complicated presence of humanity within the natural world and takes a new approach to the tradition of canadian landscape painting Check out Up Around the Bend through October 1st at Two Rivers Gallery, where creativity flows in Canada Games Plaza. You're tuned into Community Echoes on 93.1 CFIS-FM with Phyllis Warren. Hello, hello. It's Echo, not Phyllis today once again, but uh, got a very interesting topic on today, um, touching on some very, uh, very heartful felt situations here and we have Mr. James Darren with us and he is uh, talking to us about his game that he's developed truth in truth and reconciliation and it breaches some very disturbing topics and also makes us think a little bit deeper about our concepts of perhaps justice and how we should all be treated as human beings and how we would feel if we were in that position. It opens our eyes a little bit. Hey, Darren? James? I should say, sorry. Yeah, mostly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's okay. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, James Darren Corbier. Yes, yes. uh, Yeah. 
yeah, that's the intent of the game. Um, it's it's uh, it, it's not intended to upset anybody. It, it is upsetting just just because it's the nature of the content. I mean, you're dealing with with some pretty horrible circumstances, right? It's going to be upsetting, um, uh, but it's also upsetting, I guess, because it's true. Mm-hmm. And for a lot of people, they have a, a hard time believing that this actually happened in Canada. Right? You hear about these. You hear about these other places where, where things like this seem seem frequent. Um, and you never expect it to happen here in Canada, but uh, it, it it did. And I, I think with that understanding, uh, that will change a lot of perspectives. Mm-hmm. Right? We're getting yeah. through to the concept of robber barons and piracy, and this is the reality of the basis of the way our our colonialist government actually kind of took to the country and it seems to almost be following those practices again with some of the social issues that we have going on here beyond the indigenous issues so we need to open our eyes and wake up to these uh, behaviors yeah exactly yeah this is uh this is uh like i like i said colonialism colonialism I mean, it's uh, apparent in, in many other cultures, not just indigenous cultures, but uh, this is the, you know, from, from our perspective, this is the most recent one. And I, I guess being the, the latest, uh, um, the latest ones to experience uh, colonialism, um, uh, and hopefully the last ones, uh, um, you know, we're at a point where we can, we can make those changes, right? We, we, we know that colonialism doesn't work, and colonial thinking doesn't work. Uh, not not very good anyway. I mean, there are some good things about 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 the culture, about about the you know uh, about the system, but there's a lot of things that don't work and they hurt people, and that's that's what has to be fixed. That's what has to be mended. That's that right. Absolutely, yeah. and and uh, now we're having seems to be the corporate masters that are kind of stepping in to take over these behaviors and. When we transition them to modern day compared to past, it's it's kind of the same poo different pile, right? Yeah one of one of the things one of the things I like to do is I like to read uh, history, especially um, like European history, and and you see this is this is just a it's it's something that happens uh, regularly, um, historically speaking, uh, happens often. Yeah, so it's, uh, it's a well-versed um, system <laughs> that keeps things in control. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I kind of came up with a thought myself a little while ago when I, I kind of, I, sometimes I write poetry, and I came up with this thought, and it's uh, the winner writes the history, but history writes the winner. So for all of us who are enthralled in this and who have these issues and are concerned of you know, it was like Romans writing history, English writing history. Uh, even nowadays, the stories of what's going on uh, within our society, it'll all come out in the end, right? When history does write the winner, I feel. Yeah, exactly, yeah. As long as those, those other voices aren't ignored. It's just fascinating to see that, um, you know, it's, 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 it's all happened before. Uh, all of these things have happened at, at some some point in the past, and uh, like I said, we the indigenous people here in Canada or North America are among the last to have uh, have experienced that. So Truly, yeah. 
the so behaviors. No better. Sorry, what's that? I said so. Now we know better. Yes, or we should know better, but we've got the wet sweat and what's going on with them and uh, the the driving through of the pipelines and all these types of yeah. behaviors are still happening and the, mm-hmm. you know, the devaluing of the chiefs and and uh, in consideration of rather than hereditary in consideration of uh, elected. Yeah. So, so there's all yeah. kinds of terrible things we have um, American style troopers coming in here to enforce this where we we have these things happening within our own country and we have a mm-hmm. news media that really isn't too interested in really um getting to the juice of the matter when they just want to cover it up for the um basically the corporate masters from what i can see i mean i don't want to get all political here but this is yeah, a, yeah. a real issue that we need to address and until we kind of learn what they're doing and and observe this clearly we will have a difficult time well the, uh, like i said from an historical perspective uh, corporations have always been involved in, in probably ever almost every major breakthrough historically i mean the discovery of uh uh columbus's uh, first initial voyage was financed because the the queen of spain locked her uh crown jewels for to a financer right yeah <laughs> she borrowed money yeah so there so somewhere somewhere back there there's there's always somebody who's you know making a profit somehow absolutely absolutely yeah. and i'm i'm uh i i was pretty happy when the indigenous did take over and basically state if you're going to run a pipeline we're going to be the ones controlling it so so that was one move in the right direction but you know it's just still pretty crazy stuff mm-hmm so um, I just really like to thank you for coming on, and I, I'd love everybody to be able to get out there and order one of your games and and uh, give themselves this wonderful learning opportunity to to get a feel for really what's been gone on here over the years. So one more time, could you give us uh, information on how to order the game? And uh, it'll be available next March, apparently. So we need to order by September. So go ahead, Darren. Yeah, so the the James, the plan, the plan. That's okay, James. There, yeah, I keep James doing Darren, that. I don't know here, why. Yeah. I've called you backwards for the almost ever since I met you. It's my brain, yeah, no, I that, believe. That's all right. It's it's, uh, it's it's often confusing because uh, I I go by one name back home and then another when I'm when I'm off the res. There you um, go. Uh, in in any event, uh, the the game is called the Truth and Truth and Reconciliation board game. Uh, it is, it will be available through medicinewheelpublishing.com. They are a Victoria based, uh, indigenous resource publisher and they will start taking orders online soon by the end of this month. And, um, delivery for the games will start, uh, they, they should start arriving, uh, hopefully by this time, uh, next year, just in time for, uh, September or Truth and Reconciliation Day 2024. Wonderful. That's, uh, that's the goal, yeah. Very, very cool. Well, man, I just can't wait till it comes out. And uh, do you have a website that people can go to check your art out? or uh, you? I, I have I have my website at uh, www.easternwoodlandart.ca. Wonderful. And you can always look up James Darren on Facebook because he does have a pretty good consistent page on there. That's how I've been able to keep up with him. And 
we just like to say thank you so much for joining us today, James. That was absolutely awesome, and best of luck with your with your game in the future. All right. Thank you so much. I appreciate the opportunity. Yay. Have a good day. You too. Bye-bye for now. The Prince George RCMP are requesting your help in finding 50-year-old Shane Allen McNelly, wanted for driving while prohibited and failure to appear. McNelly is described as a Caucasian male, 6 foot 1, 181 pounds, with brown hair, blue eyes, and a dragon tattoo on his upper right arm. He is considered dangerous and should not be approached. If you know the whereabouts of Shane McNelly, call the Prince George RCMP at 250-561-3300. Learn about the options for accessing long-term care, including eligibility requirements, Tuesday morning at the Alzheimer's Resource Center. Factors to consider when planning a move and tips for easing the transition will also be discussed during this caregiver's workshop. To register, call the First Link Dementia Helpline at 1-800-936-6033. Considering the transition to long-term care, Tuesday morning from 10 to noon at the Alzheimer's Society of BC Resource Center, 1811 Victoria Street. Forecast from Environment Canada for today, cloudy with a 70% chance of showers, becoming a mix of sun and cloud this afternoon, local smoke, a high of 20. Tonight, a few clouds, a low of 8. On Tuesday, increasing cloudiness, a 30% chance of showers late in the afternoon with a high of 18. Bringing you the voices of our community. This is Community Echoes on 93.1 CFIS-FM with Phyllis Warren. Good day, good day. Hello. No Phyllis today. Sorry about that. This is Echo here with you. And we've got a couple of more great guests here today to carry on our theme of uh, reconciliation, hopefully, and Indigenous uh, life knowledge. And I'm talking to Sarah Sarah Jones and Brian Major right now, both of which apparently have recently uh, received funding for documentaries. So what about that, Sarah? What's you got (laughs) going on? Yeah, so I recently have been selected from Tell a Story Hive to receive a $10,000 grant. Outstanding. To pr- yeah, thank you. To, pr- to, to produce a docu-series. Um, and the story I'm going to be sharing is um, modern-day Indigenous issues that I face uh, myself as an Indigenous woman, as well as the issues that uh, my family have faced. So my mom is a 60 Scoop survivor, and both of her parents attended residential school. Um, so there's a lot of things that I've learned as more of the facts come to light that now I have questions that I can ask. And through asking these questions about where my family comes from, I'm uncovering a lot of things that I'm now knowing are truth, which I never knew before. So it's very, it's, there's a lot of layers to the story, but the grant that I've received specifically is to produce a docu-series. So I get to produce multiple episodes um, anywhere between six and ten, I haven't decided yet. And then, um, yeah, just get to tell my story through um, episodes that will be airing on Telus Optic TV in 2024. Excellent! Wow, mm-hmm. that's that's uh, that's a really great way to be able to get the info out to everyone. I was just uh, speaking with a fellow. I'm not sure if you were listening, uh, James Darren, mm-hmm. who has developed a game. Oh, wow. Yeah, he's a ex-OPP officer as well as an Indigenous language teacher who's gone on to develop all that stuff and, and um, just looking forward to that as well. So we got some really good stuff to look forward to in 2024. Absolutely. So how about you? What are you going <laughs> to be doing with this? Do you, have you received the same grant, Brian? Or uh, I received a grant from Tell a Story Hive, but it was in a different category. Ah. Hers was in the Voices? And mine was in the Indigenous Storytellers edition. 
Excellent. It was a $23,000 grant I received last year <clears throat> to produce a documentary. Um, it's called Other Voices. It's about the BIPOC. Do you know what BIPOC means? Yes. Uh, black, indigenous, uh, people of color. Okay. Or person. <laughs> Persons of color. There we go. So it's about the BIPOC comedians of Prince George because for the longest time, I've been doing comedy and stand-up comedy in Prince George for yeah. 20 years. Yeah. For the longest time, I was the only visible BIPOC person in our community. Everyone else was white. And then slowly we, we've added a few more, Montessi Longo, um, Manita Ranu, Kylie Lewis-Holt, Neelam Pahal, and more recently, Sarah Jones, who is Métis, Excellent. and Shannon uh, Street, who is also Métis. And it's about them. It's about our lived experiences as BIPOC people, comedians, in Prince George. Excellent. And it's also going to be airing on <clears throat> Telesoft TV in 2024. Beautiful. So, wow, I'd like to ask you about, uh, to tell us about the stories, but I don't want to ruin anything. So, mm-hmm. um, Well, it's about, um, we plan a show featuring an all-BIPOC lineup of comedians that's already taken place, featuring all of us. It was called Just Us, Just Us Comedy Showcase. Excellent. And we were trying to figure out, we were trying to find out if the community of Prince George will come out and support an all-BIPOC lineup of comedians. Which they did in full force. If I uh, remember, I was at one of them at the firm, and it was uh, was that part of your program, the Just Us, when you had that comedy show at the. Yeah, it was almost. You wrote the film? Yeah, I actually gave the prize away to Shannon for when she won. Oh, that yeah. was that was not. Oh, that, that was, was not, a different one. Oh, okay. that was the comedy clash. Th- oh, okay. You were but one of the you, sponsors. Yeah, my son was actually, but okay. uh, but you guys have uh, quite a good thing going on. I was really sad to hear that the firm had closed down. Same with us. <laughs> yeah. We have a new venue. Excellent. We have a show coming up this Friday. Oh, good. It's at the North 54, 730. Tickets are 15 bucks. You can find it on Facebook. It's called I Local Comedy Showcase. Excellent. Local, local Comedian Showcase. Local Comedy Showcase. Yeah, and there's a, a lot of local comedians. Very funny people in Prince George. There so is. I encourage anyone that wants a good laugh to come check it out. <laughs> Absolutely. I'll be emceeing. She's going to be one of the comedians. There's like six or seven of us. So. Wonderful. Yes, I, I highly <laughs> recommend it. I went, I went to that one, and it was absolutely hilarious. Laugh tons. So tough. It was uh, it was a contest at the time, and it was people were judging, so it was very... We're having another one in October. Oh, are you? Yep. Okay. Well, and you're is one it, of the sponsors, are you not? Uh, I'm not sure anymore. Uh, I'd have to talk to the boy to find okay. out if or not, but I'm sure he'd be interested in it once again. Same um, venue, com- uh, North 54. North 54. I'm, I'm thinking of that place. Is there a bigger room that opens up on the other side of it? or it's it's No, it's just the main. Just the main floor, eh? Okay, that's awesome. Very cool. We've got so many uh, different venues. Almanica Arts Center now, North mm-hmm. 54. That's really great. Yeah. So, um, how did how did you uh, involve Indigenous uh, cinematographers, let's say, and mm-hmm. audio engineers, and she, who was running your cameras and stuff when, for you? After, when she was in the comedy clash, uh huh. And we got to talking, and turns out she is a videographer. Yeah. Oh, so and I and she's an AT, so it checked off a couple boxes, yes, and so I hired her to be my camera person and editor. Yeah. 
so Brian had and I had connected through the comedy clash that you were just referring to. Right. Um, I had stepped out of my comfort zone and decided to do the comedy competition. I'd never done anything like that before. And I met him and we started just talking about things we were working on. And he mentioned the documentary that he um, is working on and the grant that he received. And I had mentioned that I like to do... Um, video editing on my spare time. It's definitely been a hobby of mine for uh, many years. I've just never had the time to dedicate to pursue it. So when um, Brian had mentioned his project, I mentioned that I was an editor and filmer as well. So we've collaborated on this project to put it together and now I get to work on mine. So How <laughs> it opened um, yeah, a lot of doors just by kind of taking that first step. And that mm. was just getting involved with the local comedy scene and now here I am so I remember her telling me about her idea for her docuseries and I was like that sounds great do it absolutely sure enough, yeah <laughs> boom there we go and mm. plus the collaboration on top of it well absolutely. hey you guys we got to take a quick break and then we're going to be right back and talk some more with lots of local awesome news art and filming yay the Prince George Potter's Guild is offering the Mira Matheson workshop functional altered vessels Saturday and Sunday at Studio 2880 this two-day class will include a demonstration of assembling components of wheel-thrown, altered, and hand-built clay. Pots will be cut, carved, stamped, scored, and manipulated to create new forms and shapes. Open to all skill levels and interests, registration is available through the Potter's Guild class link at programs at studio2880.com. Functional Altered Vessels with Mira Matheson, Saturday and Sunday from 9 to 4.30 at Studio 2880. Two Rivers Gallery is offering a free introductory course this evening on the basics of drawing and modeling. Stop by the gallery to expand your drawing skills, learn how to model safely, and potentially join the Two Rivers Gallery drawing team. For adults of all sizes, ages, and genders, 18 plus, admission is free. But please register online to save your spot at tworiversgallery.ca. That's a free intro to life drawing and modeling this evening from 7 to 9 at Two Rivers Gallery. You're listening to Community Echoes with Phyllis Warren on 93.1 CFIS-FM. Hey, hey, everybody. It's Echo, not Phyllis today, but, uh, you know, it's still all good. We've got Sarah West here in the studio with us, as well as Brian Major. And you may well know Brian. He's our Comedian's Table host here mm-hmm. on CFIS. And we're so happy to have him in here talking about... Uh, him and Sarah speaking about TELUS's new um, spotlight video production thing that they're doing. So that's very cool. Do you have a title? I do have a title. So Excellent. The title of my series is called Finding Home. And Finding Home, to me, the title is um, looking for where my family comes from. So because my mom was um, put into foster care at four days old, she never got the chance to know her birth parents and then we just never really asked the questions but now I'm finally in the place in my life where I can start answering asking those questions and I've been finding some answers so it's all about finding home and where my family comes from outstanding mm-hmm. very very sensitive stuff yes I, absolutely I, it just uh it overwhelms me at times the thoughts of it eh? I and um, I think that's part of what makes my story unique is I'm sitting here today and nobody would really know any of those things. And for the most part, my family, my mom included, and I have lived very normal lives and we're very fortunate for that. So that's another side of my story. And my lens on life is I've lived all of these indigenous um 
atrocities tropes. and yes. here I am on the other side of it and I still have a voice and now I can tell our story and that to me gives me a little bit of um, momentum to just keep going like I have the ability to tell this story so I'm going to very good that's mm-hmm. awesome and I, it's a familiar story I would suspect throughout the community uh, mm-hmm. and and uh, it's going to be very very powerful thank you yeah so wow it uh, I, I don't want to get into it too much. I'm not going to ask you too many questions to break down into the story. So, wow, that's exciting. How long do you figure it's going to take to uh, have you written? You've got a, you've got a title. Is the show written or are you writing it as you go? Yes. Yeah. So I'm currently in the writing phases of it. So for me, the filming and the editing is simple for, for me. Like that's the bread and butter why I'm excited to do this project. But the learning curve is piecing together the story. So even though I have a factual story to tell, I still need to piece it together in a way that's going to captivate the audience. They're going to want to keep watching it, things like that. So for me, crafting the story and putting everything together into this beautiful form where people are going to want to watch is the biggest hurdle for me. Yes, <laughs> but, yes um, for sure. Tell a Story Hive has paired us up with some pretty incredible mentors that we get to communicate with. And the, they are people that are established in the industry already that have made film and have submitted to, you know, film festivals and things like that. So really great mentors to be hooked up with. To, we basically have access to just ask them questions and for guidance along the way. So that's been the best part. Shout really. out to Denny Paquette. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> who is my filmmaking mentor. Yeah. And I Excellent. have a filmmaker mentor named Kent based out of Vancouver. Wonderful, wonderful. Mm-hmm. Are are they indigenous folks as well? Or yep. oh, excellent. Well, of course. And uh, is Mr. Paquette local, or he's based out of Vancouver? Oh, he is, eh? Okay. Or Winnipeg? I forget which. It's nice because <laughs> yeah. um, no, I think it's Vancouver. Right. Excellent. But he's done a lot of TV shows for the Knowledge Network. Oh, um, okay. Things like that. Wonderful uh, documentaries and a bunch of. TV shows for APTN, which is the Aboriginal People's Network. You bet. So, There's so many, established. so many uh, wonderful, wonderful networks out there. AMI, APTN. You know, there's so many good, good, um, good venues to to put your your um, art on. It's going to be wonderful. Telesoptic TV. Yes, <laughs> yes, that as well. If they, oh, hopefully they'll share lots. <laughs> lots of people don't have telesoptics, so I would, I would hope that it could be well, transferred. Well, mine doesn't air till late 2024 because it, they want to give me the opportunity to during the summer. Mm-hmm. So I have to submit the final cut in January of 2024. But, but between that, then and October when it airs on telesoptic TV, I can bring it to film festivals. Oh, wonderful. And I think it's a very niche project because it's about black indigenous black people, indigenous people, people of color, mm-hmm. and film festivals are looking for that sort of thing. Absolutely, definitely, and um, a multi-story, not just like a one-hour program. They like to have um, a series, as they've they've given to you. I've noticed. I I was uh, at the library listening to a writer speak about these things a few years ago and that's what he had said that what they're looking for is not just a one-off show they want to have series and i noticed that netflix and such are really producing those types of shows these days so Mm -hmm. and i think the most exciting part for me and i don't know if i speak for brian on this but to have an opportunity as indigenous content creators filmmakers to like really just share our lived experience which for the most part is like everybody else um, with 
obvious layers of suppression but for us to have a platform and now like a way to like just share our stories from our points of view without anything kind of like filtering it through like that's really for me the most exciting and empowering part about this project is like it's led by our voices we're doing the work um yeah some really incredible stuff i've seen produced from this program and i'm excited to add to it (laughs) i love experiential learning it's so great and there's such a wonderful evolution coming on right now with information for people that Mm -hmm. uh and and people's minds are more open now um there's so much that's just there that can no longer be ignored or just kind of put off to the back of your mind it's it's out there and it's now and it's happening and if we don't protect the rights of the indigenous and and actually live up to our words then what good is our word to anything or anybody Mm -hmm. even ourselves i'd mentioned to james earlier um my thing I try to reconcile in my life is the Workman's Compensation Board. Mm-hmm. I completely relate to having your ability to make a living taken away from yeah. your ability to have any proper treatment um, being acknowledged. So there are people in the country right now who are having these same issues, same issues going with the government. And the sooner we realize that these things are relatable, relatable mm-hmm. in a sense, they aren't the same thing because nothing can can compare really Mm -hmm. um it's just disgusting but um Mm -hmm. i you know it's uh it's very very wonderful that this is all coming around now and i'm so thankful for you guys to be able to bring this out for us it's amazing so uh, are you guys thinking that it might be around uh, next year, around September 30th or so, or like the Indigenous days? or um, My, like for the release? I guess yours um, will be a little longer Yeah, than so Brian's, mine's but... not coming till the end of 2024. Oh, okay. Um, only because, yeah. So oh, good. Okay. I, I don't know if TELUS has like an already dedicated timeline that they're sticking to or not, but um, yeah, late of next year is when they're expected <laughs> to be Wonderful. completed. Wonderful, wonderful. Mm. So uh, anything else you guys would like to add? We've got a couple more minutes here to, to uh, just come talk on, about your... Local comedy yeah. showcase. There we EMC, go. 15 bucks. It's at North 54. Bunch of great local comedians. Excellent. And you're going to... Facebook. Excellent. And what's their Facebook tag? What's the... Um, you can just search local comedy showcase. Okay. Local comedian showcase. You can find it on Eventbrite as well. Oh, so. there you go. There you go. Um, do you, you need to buy tickets in advance for it, I would suspect? Or, or, or is that obviously on Eventbrite? Or at the door. Okay. Right on. $15. So what's the seating capacity? That's a reasonable cost, $15. Excellent. Yeah, we, we, we kept it low for that reason. Mm-hmm. Um, they say it's up to 100 but oh, good. I don't know. Maybe okay. 60 Right, right on. But We'll, we'll squeeze it. We'll Still, squeeze it's you in. very, it's <laughs> something like that's just so intimate and wonderful, anyways. Yeah. They're building a stage for us. Oh my <laughs> gosh, right on. I'm, I'm curious where they're going to put you. Okay, well, thank you very much, Sarah Jones and Brian Major, for coming on today and talking about your TELUS experience with TELUS Optic. And we're looking forward to seeing the productions that you guys other put voices out. by brian major yeah there you go <laughs> and finding home by sarah jones <laughs> excellent well thank you guys very much and you take care and we'll talk to you again soon hopefully yes thank you thank you're you. very well you've been listening to community echoes on 93.1 cfis fm